You finished the air scratching yourself? You what? You finished the itching yourself? Probably not, because you know I do that after I've had a shower in the morning. For hours. For hours? Welcome to the Chris and Sam podcast. Pull up a bar stool and join us for a random conversation, guaranteed to make you think or your money back. Hello, welcome to the Chris and Sam podcast, episode 218. My name's Sam. I'm Chris. Here we are, rainy, drizzly day in Hamilton, living the dream. First thing in the morning, so I'm not drunk for a change, not even hungover, because I said I was going to ease back on the drinking, yep. and sort of last night I did. Sort of last night you did, okay, that's good to know. I was running outside and ran on wine after one glass, so I couldn't be bothered getting any more, I really wanted to. So yeah, yeah, no hangover this morning, awesome. Awesome stuff. <laughs> uh, seeing as seeing as you are going for a drive, yeah, I'm, I'm heading off to Masterton today. Stay the night there. Uh, Sunday, pick up my gear from Dad's place and then come back. Yeah, yay! Should be fun. Actually, the wings over Wrapper are on today. Oh, cool! So, uh, Mum had said that they have plane. She, she, she sent me a little pic. Planes with uh, LEDs on them. And they've been formation flying at night. Oh, okay. And they've been practicing all week. And she yeah. said it looks great. And I'm like, yes, but it's all overcast out there. So I'm like, oh, no. Yeah. So well, we'll maybe. See. I'll let you know what I see. They um, fly low enough. <laughs> I'm sure well, it'll... yeah, I don't know. I mean, the weather's been so good for so long and now it's suddenly turned. But anyway, okay. So that's uh, that's what I'm up to uh, for the next uh, 48, 72 hours, whatever. I'm sure there's a story going to be coming from that at um, some point. Better be a story that still has my car with me when I get back. That's what the story had better be. Oh, really? That's the main thing there? Oh, yeah. I don't want to break down. Oh, God. Anyway, moving on, moving on. Hey, did you hear about the um, David Truebridge's underwater Cook Straits one? No. Really? Cause, and that's sort of my point, because I'm like, surely that's huge news. Doesn't everybody see it? Why? why uh, I know I'm not plugged into what's going on, but... So he, he swam... No, 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 it's because it doesn't make people angry. <laughs> there's no outrage no because apparently that's what's been happening all week oh, we'll get onto that later uh so this is the guy the um guy that does the free diving yeah so he so last time we spoke about him i think i said something along the lines of who cares uh because i just don't care uh because he got a massive amount of sponsorship yeah or something like that and eventually he's just going to die underwater yeah but so what did he actually do he free dove uh the across um, Cook Strait underwater. So but I read what, that yeah, and I went, Yeah, okay. Yeah, what does that um, entail? What did he like mutate some gills or some shit? Yeah. But apparently he had to come up every however meters and have 10 seconds to breathe and go back down. Okay. That's, that's pretty, pretty impressive. That is pretty oh, impressive. And he was doing it with a, um, what do you call it? Like a single fin, like a dolphin tail. Yeah. There's yeah, two yeah. legs into it. Oh, they, so that was part of it. They uh, go the, freaking quick with those things. Yeah, yeah. So he did it. So I was like, wow, that's really amazing. Um, of course, I read the headline first and go you can't get from one end of the cook straight to the other to, no what? no and then i read it and said you know every he was only allowed 10 seconds on the surface to breathe and then go again i think it was 10 seconds don't quote so me so he only has to just go just under the water um yeah but it, it looks like they were going quite deep and i'm pretty sure it's going to be a documentary special on it 
at some point. I'm oh. pretty sure it's filmed to 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 if, the, up the yeah, wazoo. It has to be. It has to be. <laughs> if you didn't, then someone dropped well, the ball uh, yeah, there. Yeah, I mean, exactly. And that's what the sponsors pay for, right? That's so, right. Anyway, I I, I just thought because last time it was Steinlager from memory yes because it was their right. pure thing and, and that was the hole in Belize or whatever it's called wherever he went the yeah. deep blue whatever yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. okay look cool. that up in the uh, Chris and Sam podcast show notes uh, just do a search there on the website thechrisandsampodcast.com if you want to hear me or us talk about him uh, previously yes so um, also we've got to get this out of the way rest in peace uh, Bruno Gantz I've no idea what any of this means. Okay, Bruno Gantz. I didn't know who he is. He's, he's oh, that's sw- all right. I'm glad because I thought I was missing out on well, something. Well, I know who he is, but I didn't know who he was. I didn't know the name. So he's the Swedish actor that played Hitler in the movie Downfall, the one in the bunker that all the memes are. Oh, okay. You yeah, know yeah, exactly yeah, yeah, who I mean, yeah, yeah. right? He's real angry. He starts yeah. yelling like hard out. And he goes with shakes with his hand while he pulls the glasses off and all that. Yeah. And uh, I was like, oh, that's sort of sucky. And somebody's done a meme on him um, dying. Oh, okay. Him, hit, Hitler finding out that Bruno Gantz is So died. is he famous in wherever? Or is Sweden? He just... I think he is um, well, quite known. a well-known actor. Well known. And I think he's well-known and well-respected within the whole acting community. But what cracked me up more about this, because I, I, I love those memes, and they're very clever, right? Okay, So yeah. for those of you that don't know, and there's a surprising number of you that don't know, um... This film is in German, and there's a scene in the bunker where Hitler's being told that, I assume, the um, the Americans have broken through the lines, or well, their allied, allies forces, bro- yep. allied forces have broken through the lines, and he's going, uh, do this, do that, and they're going, no, 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 that's all that. And they're all sweating, and he yep. gets everybody out of the room, so they all go into the hall except three generals, and he just goes freaking nuts, all in German, and uh, and it's all, uh, what do you call it? Um, subtitle. Subtitle. So every time something happens that upsets someone, they basically change the subtitles and make a meme out of it. So, you know, England fails to get into the World Cup. They start talking about the strikers and the goalies and the whoever's and, and whatever. It's very clever. And he was a big fan of it. He loved those memes. Oh, right. And he That's said, cool. I, I think it's so creative and I really, really appreciate it. So, um, but what got me was I mentioned it to... Um, uh, Aaron at work and he had no idea what I was talking about and so I had to show him one of the memes oh, right. and then he goes oh, is this supposed to be funny because I just picked the first one which was Random. some soccer one of yeah, some yeah. team somewhere and he goes I don't get it I'm does, like they keep changing oh. does Aaron listen yeah. to the podcast yes hi Aaron <laughs> occasionally so um, anyway it was like uh, okay but it just makes you think like uh, maybe nobody sends those memes but I see them I don't know how I've seen probably dozens and dozens of them over yeah. the years because oh, it's been going for what four years, five years? No, nah, probably longer. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, R.I.P. Bruno Gantz. Now I know your name. <laughs> now we all know his name. Uh, good on you. Cool. What have you been up to this week? Because I haven't seen Sam most of the week. Yeah, no, it's good. Uh, <laughs> Thanks. Uh, oh, pumpkin carnival stuff, but um. <laughs> That's not that important at this moment. When I have a mental breakdown in the three weeks, it might become more important. But uh, the school, my daughter's school, has a family fun festival thing on today. Actually, this afternoon. And last year was the first year they did it. And these members of the PTA said, look, we're just going to have this one big event. And that's going to be our big drive and most of our fundraising for the year. Oh, cool. 
and it worked really well last year and i think they made a ton of money this year is going to be bigger better more stuff and there's just random stuff so they're like we want some parent helpers you know if you can help us out even just because they're sort of slotting people into things so i'm like uh about two days ago i was like yeah i'm going and i might as well say i can help with something anyway so i'm like yeah <laughs> i can help oh yeah cool what do you think they put me down for cooking no no okay. no they came back so i've been doing a bunch of stuff with the pumpkin carnival and health and safety is really big in general but this year everybody's been freaking out about it non-stop and we're doing heaps more work and it's doing my head in and it's you yes, know I've, I've heard some stories you, you get into <laughs> you get into the point of at what point do you go and carry on doing all the stuff and is the payoff worth it um and you can see why these small events and according to the health and safety guy i've been talking to uh it, it is killing a lot of events out there or changing them drastically yep. you know so the school comes back to me and says we've put you down from 5 30 till 6 30 to be driving a quad bike with a little train behind it with all the kids in it i don't know what that entails <laughs> so i said um because i've only driven a quad bike once I'm pretty. I'd, I'd be happy enough to drive a quad bike in general. No worries. I'm sure I could pick it up quick enough. You know, I'm good with that sort of stuff. I'm just like, I'm not. No, uh, I said I'm probably not the most confident or the smoothest driver. So uh, maybe put me down for something else because I don't want to be the dude driving it with. I don't know what the hell it'd be towing with a bunch of kids in the back with one of them falls off. Or it tips over because or, you um, hit a curb or, you know, the trailer hits a curb or... Well, or, it'll, or. Be an, it'll be on a flat paddock, but still. Uh, we'll be, it'll be interesting because uh, if you don't know, this year, within the last 12 months, uh, WorkSafe has put in all these rules and regulations and uh, a um, database on people that have land-based inflatables, so bouncy castles and that. And when you mention bouncy castles to health and safety people, they freak out. Um, and it's been a big thing. I just love the term land-based inflatables. Because water-based inflatables <laughs> is the other half. But uh, yeah, so it's interesting to see these events and people that don't realise how uh, how much health and safety is going on. So anyway, I'm going to this thing this afternoon. They said, oh, just let us know when you're available and we'll give you a job to do. So I don't know what that'll be. Maybe I'll let you know next week. <laughs> and uh, I'll give you a description of maybe this uh, kids train thing being called by a and a photo bike. for the um, for the website. Well, we'll see. We'll see if it's photo. Well, no, I'm, th- I'm not going to. Well, this is leading on to something else. Uh, I've been reading a book, Digital Minimalization, so I won't have my phone with me at this event. Oh, mm. uh, so this guy Cal Newport. He's I a remember. Oh yeah, yeah. He's a, he's the interviewer dude. Eh? He used to interview loads of people. No, you're oh, thinking of Cal. yeah, Ron Cal. Yeah, okay, sorry. No, no. Uh, this is Cal Newport. He's a professor in oh, I can't remember what he actually is a professor in, but he wrote a book called Deep Work, talking about doing um, oh, yeah, focused okay. work. But now he's done this book's just come out, Digital Minimalization, and I've sort of been doing it without realizing it. So basically, uh, he starts off saying, "So this guy's quite interesting. He never ever signed up for Facebook." Uh, when they offered it to him when he was at university and he said no don't see the point in it and he's a big person talking about how much uh people are wasting time on these different apps and phones and stuff yeah and he's saying you can use them but you got to use them smart uh so he talks about doing a 30-day digital digital detox 
So you sort of just stop using Twitter, Facebook, and all that sort of stuff. And then you uh, slowly introduce it back in. So for myself, I don't see anything on my Facebook newsfeed. So I've got a plugin that blocks it. So I have no idea what anyone's doing. Uh, I just see notifications and that works for me. And I don't publish to Facebook because I just don't care. Uh, Twitter, I hardly ever use. But I did sign into Twitter yesterday and Whitakers was like, hey, the first five people uh, to let us know what our new uh, fundraising thing is, uh, that we're marketing thing we're doing, gets a free reusable coffee cup. So Giant Pumpkins NZ was the third person to get that right after nice. a very quick Google search. Because that's I, that blue and pink thingy. That's right. Uh, Plunkett? Yep, they're supporting Plunkett. So I've got a Plunkett reusable cup coming with storks carrying babies on it. Uh, I'll at least know that's my cup. And hopefully they send me some chocolate. I did try that chocolate the other day. It's not too bad. Oh, really? I was going to ask about that. But, um, but, but that chocolate and that outrage, promotion outrage. has made every single person on Twitter, lo- well, not every single person, that's a bit of a thing, lose their freaking mind. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. The outrage? Yeah. Yeah. I just, I I can't, there's a term I heard and I can't remember it. And I think it's called the, it's to do with the, um, you know how you have Gen Y and Generation whatever. Yeah. Well, this is Generation Rage or something. Yeah. Uh, I, but it, it's not a generation. It's like everybody. Like, you know, it's not a band of the population, no. an age band. It's a freaking whole population. So I heard, I heard that there's a whole... When these stories were coming out about it on uh, the news website, apparently there's a lot of people that went on there and said, hey, look, I'm in my 20s and 30s, and what are you on about? Why is this a problem? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I... Um, but it's the... It's I the, heard it from the rep. So yeah. she goes, oh, I never did tell you about the blocks for blah 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 you know this 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 yeah ra- raise like, a bundle is what it's called raise a bundle yeah and i said um she said because i know you don't do blocks but I, I was supposed to pitch it to you but i mean her dad died and all sorts of stuff happened so she goes so that never happened um i said dude i would never have taken it anyway because we don't sell block and all oh, right in yeah, our, yeah, in okay. our store we have a few but it really isn't a seller for us and um she goes, oh, okay, but they've just gone all mad because we're doing it's, it's all for Plunkett and some are blue and some are pink and you don't know what's in there until yeah. you open it up and that was like a thing we thought that would be fun, but people are going crazy about. It. I'm like, oh, really? And that's all I knew. Yeah. So the intersex people, the LGBTY, I can't think of all the, all the letters now. <laughs> no, they keep adding. You the Q. Q. No, they keep they keep adding more on the end because people. I don't know. I think people want to feel inclusive. It'll be the LGBTYQ Chris, Sam. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Fred, John. Because <laughs> everybody's unique. Well, no, that's the thing. Everyone's a special snowflake. <laughs> and they, when they don't feel that they are, they, they need to... They melt down. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. They need to uh, come up with something or outrage or something, I think, in reality. So when all this happens and all this... It's interesting. I feel that these people, these young people that are doing this fine you can have your opinion you can do whatever you want but that some of them are going overboard and then that tied with some of these young people it's just d- discussion though what's the harm so if they're just if they're just going i don't agree with this, this is crap i was like okay cool yeah no it is but it's been going on for like the last week yeah so should what what's the answer should whitakers have brought out 27 different blocks of chocolate and gone. This purple what other, one is. What other colours would they put in there? Well, they'd have they'd have Yellow. the rainbow colour and represent everybody because they all will identify with a certain thing. Yeah, you know, at some point. But I think 
I feel that that combined with the very weird work ethic of some of these young people who don't like to turn up, don't like to do anything, uh, makes it better for other young people now. Like I've just said to my daughter, I said, all you have to do is turn up and just do your work because you'll be like better than 90% of people. Yeah, I think so. Um, old X-Man's doing quite well at work. Is uh, he? He's a young guy. and uh, Well, that's good. And he's, uh, yeah, no, he's, he's getting some added responsibilities next week. I've been trying teaching him buying he's going to take over some of the buying so um, been teaching but, him but his that's ways. the thing he turns up he does give me a lot of stick at work though i would if i was him <laughs> that's what you do yeah i know that's that's what you do um okay so uh, i want to talk about a couple of things to do with genetics why do zebras have stripes do you do you know there's there's been this rumor and they've tested it isn't it so when they're all standing together it's harder for them to pick out an individual animal yeah i always thought it was something to do with some sort of camouflage type thing but i wasn't sure like yeah, like yeah. that um but no apparently it was a a thing that was said was to stop flies oh. and i'm like what so they these guys in the uk i think it was uk tested it and um but what they did they they, they went painted to this, horses no they had horses um and, and this farm they went to had horses and they had a huge zebra but um they they used specifically horses and they put um the horse horses had blankets on them right yeah so they had horses horse blankets and they had some striped and some non-striped right now i guess germane to the story is horse flies i've heard the term horse flies i have no idea what a horse fly is maybe i should look that up but apparently they're big flies and they bite yes Right. Okay. So anyway, um, in the UK, they put the blankets on mostly to keep the horse flies off because it's painful to, for, yeah, the, yeah. for the horses and stuff like that. And so what they did over a period of time is they looked at how many times the f- flies landed, and it was significantly decreased on the striped horse blankets. Right. Okay. Like the, and they posit that it's something to do with um, the resolution of the fly's eyes, which I'm assuming means... As they get closer, they're starting to freak out about which, what, what's the solid part, what's the shadow, you know, you know, their depth perception gets all played in and they abort the landing. So it's like 70% less um, landings. So That's they're crazy. actually coming up with, uh, um, off the back of this, they're coming up with um, horse blankets in the UK that are not as heavy for summer, but the stripes so they stop so many of these um, flies landing on the horses. Do you know if uh, just... And it will work for people. So if we're you're wearing just... striped clothing while you're riding a horse, you'll be bitten less by these horse flies because apparently that's a thing for riders as well. Oh, right. Yeah. Huh. Um, I just thought I'd bring this up. Did you know that a zebra's black with white stripes or vice versa? Ah, uh, I don't know. I guess it's black with white stripes. Uh, they were previously believed to be white animals with black stripes since some have white underbellies. But now they've done some uh, embryological evidence, apparently, to this Wikipedia thing, shows that their background colour is actually black with white stripes. Oh, wow. And the bellies are just additions. Huh. So there you go. That's cool. Um, just staying on, on the genetics for, for a moment. So I, I've probably spelt it wrong on, on my thing here. Misophonia. Misophonia. So this, I just want to talk about this because it's really, it, it's intrigued me and, and it impacts somebody we know. Um, don't don't Google it. Listen to me. <laughs> Let I'm me look, tell the story. I'm looking at the spelling of it. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so what it is is what, the, the reason I want to bring this up is it just shows that we tend to think of um, all the individuals around us 
having different experiences to us, and that's why they're different. Yeah. But we tend to forget people experience the same things in very different ways, and this is what misophonia is about. Yes. So to give you the concept, and this doesn't really do it for me, but I, I get the concept. When people scratch their nails down a blackboard, oh, yeah. some people get a really visceral shivering down their yeah, spine, yeah. right? Okay. Um, I, that doesn't really do it for me, but I, I know that it's, there is something, some sort of noise that does do that to me. I've like, I've felt it. Yeah. I couldn't tell you what it was, but I, you know, like <laughs> some random noise had done that once before, you know, computer generated pretty much. But, um, misophonia is when that reaction comes from somebody hearing chewing. So they hear somebody chewing and yeah. they get that visceral reaction. It's actually painful for them. And it's genetic. So you find it doing that 23andMe. Yeah. You can find the chromosomes and, oh, you've got misophonia. Oh, right. You are You're going susceptible to, to it or yeah. whatever. So I heard this from Mike Rowe because Mike Rowe's doing some ads for um, 23andMe on his um, oh, podcast yeah. on the um, the way I heard it. Yeah. And so he, he talked about this. And I've got misophonia. It's like this. And I was like, holy crap. That's Adam. Hi, Adam. Hope you're listening. Hello, uh, Adam. I don't know if it is Adam because I haven't spoken to him in the week that I, since I've heard this. But it was like, ah, because you, you hear somebody go, please don't do that because I don't like yeah. it. And you go, you don't like it. I don't like mint chocolate. But you don't see me complaining every time somebody has a you mint chocolate. You should be chocolate, on Twitter. You know? <laughs> as, soon as, as soon as they bring out that mint chocolate, you want to go batch Yeah, it. but now it's like, oh okay, that's actually a physical reaction and it's not something you can choose or not choose. It's in your chromosomes. It's a thing. So, yeah, that that just blew me away today, this week, rather. Well, there you go. Yeah. That's right. Uh, so, you know, if you're... But then the vice versa of that would be... The other side of that would be people that are into that ASMR. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because... Um, want to hear Chris's... If you want to hear Chris's... Um, weird mouth sounds let me know and i'll uh, take the bits i cut out <coughs> every single week don't and we could put them into a little like file for you let me know because it's uh, behind the bastards do that with their doritos because i'm sure there's some ams as yeah AMS AMS sounds out there and he and he'll crunch some doritos and he goes oh now i know that there's a load of people that don't like it but uh yeah anyway i think samsung's brought out a new phone i think they're up to the s10 oh i thought that meant you'd bought one i was like oh i want to hear about your new phone no no <laughs> no a a don't have the money for a new phone don't think i'd buy a samsung and no uh so i saw a big billboard that's all good but what they've actually brought out is they've said right this is the first foldable phone and they're uh, going to bring it out it starts at an eye-watering two thousand us dollars foldable screen phone yeah, so it looks like a normal phone like that. Yeah. And then uh, on the demo, the guy's looking at a map, and he brings it up and he goes, oh, I want to look at that bigger, and then he just grabs the phone and it opens up like a book. And it's huh. just a big, big screen, like double-sized screen. Okay. Um, I need to see the ad because that doesn't make sense to me. I don't get that. So it's like that. Yeah. And then it can open that way. Yeah. And the hole inside of it's another screen. Wow. Okay. So All it's right. interesting because uh, one of the reporters goes, "Oh yeah, rah rah," and I think their catchline was um, something to do with, "I'm having enough trouble with screen addiction now. I don't know if this is going to help." <laughs> Made me think of this book I'm reading. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah good um, stuff. Evie, Evie. So yesterday I took a ride in Evie. Is Evie an electronic car? Evie's little yellow book. Is this Meridian? It's yeah, uh, no Mer Mercury. Mercury, uh, that's what Mercury. I mean. Um, so Mercury are doing this thing. It's a 1957 Ford Fairlane, 
that they uh, put a German Siemens bus motor in the front of. So I, because that was the first question, I was like, well, how have you done this? You got four different, um, <coughs> four different motors, a motor on each wheel or what? And it's like, no, we've got a bus motor. It's just been dropped in the front. Yeah. And the real technical thing is to get it to connect to the drive shaft. But you see, that's all been done. So you could actually pull that motor out and put the old original motor and bolt it back in and it'll be, it'll just go. Yeah. So all the transmission, the differential, all that's the same. Um, Where did you see this? At um, the base. Yeah, at the base. So I went over there for for lunch. I went somewhere else because I wanted to get away, and then I saw our sales manager was in there, and I went, stuff that, I'm not going in there. And so I went to the base and had Peter Pitt. And uh, so, yeah. Um, yeah, it's really cool. So there's a whole bunch of facts here. <laughs> so to charge it, so it's an you know converted electric vehicle, I guess. Uh, if you were to just use a normal three-pin thing, it would take 20 hours. Uh, a fast charge does one hour to 80% of the battery. Um, it is can regenerate capable when you take your foot off the accelerator. But a, a, a full charge only takes you 120 k's or something like that. Yeah, nine, well, it's a, <coughs> nine, 90 to 120 kilometers on a full charge. It's a big car. It's 2.2 2, 2. 2 ton. It's huge. Uh, uh, it'll a full charge will cost you seven dollars seventy six on the big batteries, and it's real interesting. They've got some facts and questions here. It goes, how much did it cost? It's not about the cost. It's getting people to think about and talking about how wonderful energy is. That would not have been a cheap build, like no. let alone for the car, let alone the bits. I don't think they own the car. Uh, I'm I not think sure. They branded it. It said, why did we choose a Ford? And they said they chose a convertible with a strengthened chassis, which happened to be a Ford. And then it says, this. so these must be questions people get all the time. So it says, why didn't we use a Ford Mercury? And they said there were none available in New Zealand at the time. Yeah. Why is it still an automatic and not a direct drive? Well, it's a 1957 motor vehicle. And, yeah, they, um, and they didn't need to modify the chassis. And they technically modified the suspension. They put in a couple of leaves on the rear springs. Yeah. So the back is full of computers at the moment because you sit in it and put on a virtual reality headset. It'll That's take cool. four people at a time, and you go on a virtual uh, drive. That's awesome. So then you don't. Um, I kept holding. I was holding the steering wheel. And I was very conscious of fact. I was the only one in the car. There were people all around yeah, me, yeah. and I'm like, "Don't turn the steering wheel. You'll look like a dick." But I'm sitting in yeah. the car and did... the virtual thing behind the steering wheel. I've got the steering wheel in my How hand. How many times did you and turn it's it? It's so hard not to want to turn the steering wheel when you go around a corner. Um, because I did that, uh, we will be getting uh, some emails and stuff about changing to Mercury. Of course. <laughs> from Trustpower. So. But it's interesting. So the car came from a private owner in Mount Monganui, but <coughs> most of the work was done in Dunedin. Yeah. Uh, the Hamilton did something as well. I forget what Hamilton did. They did the not auto electrician. It's in there. No, I'm trying to find it. They're, it got painted in grey lin. It got carpeted at upholstery. Electricians were Point Chevalier. The motor was imported from Germany. Oh, the motor drive was built by Scott Drive in Hamilton. There we go. Yeah, I knew it was something I couldn't remember. So very cool. Uh, real interesting. I love it when they have facts and things like that. That's sort yeah. of my thing. I've got a bunch of photos, um, so I'll give them to you. You can see if there's any of them even worth putting on the um, on the site. I did ask them if they had um, footage 
because they got a Chris and Sam podcast card when I was talking to them. Of course they did. Um, and they're like, what's this? And I'm like, okay, we're going to... Landon, this talk- technology in life, this this fits perfectly for Evie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you're, you're, they're uh, undervaluing the randomness part. <laughs> and even life, to be honest. Let's be honest here. But, but I think Evie is probably going to be the title of this podcast episode. Okay, all right. So that's cool. Um, but yeah, so... Um, uh, they did have it. Uh, they took it to <sighs> Beach Hop oh, yeah? in Whangamataa last year, and it was at Onimana last year as well. Awesome. And it'll be there this year as well, apparently. So I don't know when the Beach Hop is. Uh, it'll be coming up soon. Yeah. So um, so if you're into the Beach Hop where they get all vintage cars and stuff like that, Evie will probably be there. I don't know if they'll have the virtual reality uh thing but uh it was leading off the parade at the um Whangamata one and uh he said he could try to find the video of it but he said if you search online enough you'll find it and i'm like mm, i don't know if i want to do that much work <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah it comes it sounds like chris is doing a whole bunch of podcast work but chris is like i just turn up <laughs> that's actually anyway that brings us to the end of this week's episode chris one oh, thing? One thing, go. One thing we didn't do? What? I just want to get your reaction. Oh, okay. So breakdancing has been nominated to be included in the 2024 Olympic Games. What are your reaction to that? Well, I mean, Don Brash has said he really wants it in there, so... Uh... Are you kidding me? No. What? That, that's what I saw. Then I just saw the headline. Don Brash is, like, super keen on it. Okay, because so... I, I thought I just randomly heard this from... I thought this would be news to everybody. So... David Trubridge going underneath the cook straight was news, but and I thought everybody had known no, that. No, because that doesn't know this. Because the cook straight thing doesn't mean anything. It's not like we're all going to go. You know what? We're all going to do that now. That's the best way to travel across it. Okay. Like big ups to him for doing it, but at the end of the day, I don't care. Right. Okay. Fair enough. No. So what is it? Break dancing. There's a whole bunch of other ones. So think. Oh, doing. Well, they've got um surf. Oh, I wrote it down here. Hang on. They got surfing. Surfing, skateboard, and uh, sport climbing. That says support climbing. It's supposed to be sport climbing. Oh, make, yeah, um, okay. Should be there too. Um, Breakdancing did feature at Buenos Aires last year. I don't know. What was it? But last, no. Wouldn't have a clue. I can't remember. But anyway. They're that, always trying to... Um, what's the other one? That, but breakdancing, I don't even get how you score that. Oh, they'd have professional judges. It's so just like any just dance like comp. Yeah, 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 yeah. What's the other thing that people were trying to get? Do we know someone that was trying to get... Parkour. Some- was it parkour that they're thinking? Yeah, was it? Music? Well, yeah, because well, there's been all those arguments about it, um, about gymnastics taking over parkour and pa- the International Parkour Federation. Oh, that's right. Your hands that's up. right. Yep. Yep. Okay. <clears throat> With that uh, excitement, that's uh, the end of the podcast. Thanks for checking us out. Uh, make sure to come say hi. Yeah, come to uh, com to see the show notes, any photos we throw up there. Um, also, <clears throat> we're on uh, Facebook sometimes. Yep. Uh, we're on Twitter, really. Um, Sam's on Instagram all the time, and I never am. Uh, <laughs> you know, we're covering all the bases there, and we all don't know what anyone's doing, so it's fine. Uh, make sure to check us out and click that Patreon button if you want to find out more. Absolutely. Until next week, I'm Sam. I'm Chris. See ya. Bye. Hope you enjoy the show. Make sure to subscribe, and we'll catch you next week. Don't forget to tell you.